0: Be sure to check out www.dailynews.com. WDW Daily News provides articles and other information about the Walt Disney Company and more. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at news. a proud partner of Sorcerer Radio. You're listening to DW60 on Sorcerer Radio. The following is an original production of the Sorcerer Radio Network. Sorcerer Radio. Pop some bacon on a biscuit let's go. We're burning. I'm going from the Walt Disney World Resort on DW60. This is Press Row. Time for the headlines from the Walt Disney World Resort. It's DW60's Press Row. However, you may be listening. Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast. We're glad that you're here to find out what is happening at the Walt Disney World Resort. Jeff Davis here with you. Hope you are having a fantastic day. I want to start the show with a question. How much is too much when it comes to spending on merchandise at Walt Disney World? I mean, we all have our limits when we, you know, go on our vacations and everything. Do you have a, a set limit of amount of money that you'll pay for one item? I mean, is is thirty five dollars for a t shirt too much for you? You kinda of go, Oh wow, gee whiz, no, I can't I can't pay that, no. Do You have to go, like me and Nicole, we like to go to the character spots, the outlet there in Orlando. Disney character spot, I think is the name of it. And we find a lot of our merchandise there because it's at a reduced price. Because, you know, we do look at, you know, sometimes some merchandise and go, wow, that's a lot. Like the other day on a YouTube video from Michael K. He was over at the Polynesian looking through some uh, merchandise there the Polynesian Village Resort and he came across this sign and uh, it was a wooden sign it said Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room you know a good sized sign and we're talking wood paint uh, you know uh, sealer and stuff around and everything else and some hooks on the back so you can hang it it's like $150 I just went oh man golly gee whiz that's expensive now, when it comes to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, a lot of people have been wondering, how much is stuff going to cost me if I want to get something at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Opening in just a few days over Disneyland. Come to find out uh, the Disneyland did release some pricing details. If you wanted to build your own you know, custom droid at the Droid Depot at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And also the lightsabers from Savvy's Workshop. When I saw the prices, I... Oh, man. That's steep. I still want a lightsaber, but it's steep. It really is. So check this out. If you want a droid, you want to build a droid, it's going to cost you $99 per astromech droid plus tax. You may think that's a little hefty of a price. Here's the thing, though. If you want a replica of R2-D2, life-size replica... Remote-controlled R2-D2, you got to pay like $7,000. Nicole just told me this. And then if you want to create your own remote control life-size, life-size droid, $25,000. That's crazy. So would I be willing to pay the $99? Yeah, I would. $99 is not bad. Not bad at all. You get a carrying box. You get instructions. Thank goodness, right? There are various, you know, personality chips and other accessories that are available for an additional charge if you want those. Now, the age recommendation on these droids is three years or older. So, giving this to a two-year-old, not a good idea. No, no. The experience itself, they say, is limited to the builder and one guest. And that one person in that party has got to be at least 14 years old or older. So it's two people. The whole family can't come in. It's just the two of you creating that droid. Custom Astromech droid units are non-refundable. They're not eligible for annual pass holder discounts, any other discounts. I mean, the $99 base price is what you're going to pay. That's it. And if reservations are required, late arrivals may not be accommodated. So if you have to have a reservation to get into the droid depot, you better be there. Otherwise, you're going to lose it. And that's it. Nothing you can do. And that's just the droid. Now let's talk about lightsabers for a second, okay? I really want a lightsaber. I really want a lightsaber, Pat, because these look fantastic. Now again, remember those droids I talked about? $7,000 $7,000 for R2-D2, life-size, remote-controlled. $25,000 for a custom build-your-own, your-own droid. Twenty-five dollars So a lightsaber is going to cost you $199 plus tax. That includes the hilt, two sleeves, one emitter, one pommel cap. Don't ask me what that is. I don't know. One activation plate and switch. I do know what that is. 199 bucks. So I look at the 7000 and then I look at 199 and I go, it's really not that bad. Let's say you're going to Disney World between now and summertime next year. Put back $20 a month. That, no problem. You can get a uh, lightsaber from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, coming with that lightsaber... Uh, you can also do additional customization items that can be purchased there at Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities the age recommendation for these lightsabers is 5 years and older again the experience area is limited to the builder and one guest and that guest again has to be 14 years old or older Uh, custom lightsabers are non-refundable not eligible for annual pass holder or other discounts, so you're paying that one ninety nine. You're paying that ninety nine for the Astromech. Now, the hand built lightsaber experience is subject to availability, and reservations may be required. If they are required, late arrivals may not be accommodated. So, if let's say you have a two o'clock reservation to build your own lightsaber, it's not a good idea, even at twelve thirty, to go and stand in line at Smuggler's Run. Just walk around Galaxy's Edge. Look at all the different things. Because you haven't seen any all, all the stuff by then, I'm sure. Lots to do. Lots of food to try. Stay out of any attraction lines so you can get to that reservation. But $99. And $199. That's really not bad at all. I'm impressed. Still $7,000 or $25,000 for an Astromech life-size. Ooh, goodness. I can see somebody paying the 7 grand. Somebody out there is going to pay 7 grand for their very own life-size R2D2 that's remote controlled. Somebody's going to do it. I would be shocked to see somebody drop 25 grand on their own custom astromech droid. That's a lot of money. That's a car. That's a lot of things. Nicole and I are, uh, you know, Shopping for a camper right now that we can take to four wilderness campgrounds, you know, stuff like that. Entire campers, some of them very nice and 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 to have some good room. Don't even cost twenty five grand. You gotta really love an Astro McDroid to pay twenty five grand for. Well, you gotta love R two D two too. But you can get the regular size R two D two for ninety nine bucks instead of having the life size. Now you'd be a hit at parties. You walk into the room, it's not just you and your plus one, but here comes R two D two in front of you, welcoming everybody as you go to a party. That's that's something special. So there's no doubt in my mind that you know there are going to be certain things at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that is going to cost a lot of money. And we're talking the t-shirts, the you know plush type things, uh, novelty items. They're going to be pricey. Disney's got to pay for this land somehow. And they're going to start with food and merchandise, no doubt about it. So plenty of people are going to be buying it. Don't don't let the price of these things at Galaxy's Edge deter you from getting it. Save up your money, but really think about if you want to spend $200 for a lightsaber or if you want to spend $99 for an astromech droid. Really think about it before you go and spend it. They're non-refundable. You can't take it back. So think about that. All right. Construction has uh, gone vertical on the side of Magic Kingdom's big roller coaster. The uh, attraction based on the Tron light cycle power run from Shanghai Disneyland. Now the ride is going to allow riders to board a train of two wheeled light cycles for a thrilling race through the digital frontier. It is scheduled to be opening at Walt Disney World's Tomorrowland for the 50th anniversary in 2021. So with this vertical construction now underway, that includes a lot of steel columns that support support the, uh, the coaster's track. And this week also, there was a section of track that was put down on the lower areas of the supports. And that part of the track was... Um, And Those supports were signed by the Magic Kingdom cast members earlier in the year and was the very first piece to be installed in Tomorrowland for the new attraction. So things are really coming along with the uh, Tron light cycle power run, if that's what they're going to call it, in the Magic Kingdom. A lot of people very excited about that. Some are kind of going, oh, no, just another roller coaster. Uh, I kind of like it. But I love Tron, too, at the same time. So don't get me wrong. I'm excited about this. Very excited. Let's head over to Epcot. Uh, The Garden Rocks Concert Series uh, wraps up its three times nightly schedule on June the 3rd with the conclusion of the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. Very good festival this year. A lot of people are mentioning, though, they weren't all that impressed with the food and drink offerings this year for the festival. Uh, Not some of the best from what I hear. I didn't try anything while we were there, but that's what I heard. Now, for more information and for uh, reserving dining packages, that is going to guarantee you some concert seating. Before the concert series ends, you need to call 407-WDW-DINE or visit freshepcot.com. Now, if you're an annual pass holder, you can save 10% on food and beverages except for alcohol beverages, alcohol, you know, beverages with alcohol, uh, excluding tax and gratuity, stuff like that. Uh, Dining packages for themselves and up to three guests. That's what you could get. Now, the thing is, though, with the end of that concert series, doesn't mean that the music is going to stop at the American Gardens Theater because starting on June the 14th all the way through August the 18th, Star-Lord and Gamora. Uh, will once again take the audience on a musical journey that showcases hits from Star-Lord's awesome mixtapes. The show is going to be performed multiple times daily. What you need to do is though check your times guide and the My Disney Experience app for all the daily schedules that you need to see with those characters from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, with the uh, Grand Destino Tower set to open at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort in July, Disney Parks' blog showed a peek at some of the new Disney cast costumes that will complement the resort's reimagined design. Not only do the costumes transport Disney cast members back to the daring age of the great Spanish explorers, artists, writers, and architects, but also the timeless design Designs also take uh, modern-day function into account, uh, like costumes announced for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in some areas of the resort. Um, Very comfortable, and from what I hear, very, very nice. They're going to have some mix-and-match customizable options. Um, So I'm sure that those cast members will be happy to wear those because it's something new and fresh at the Gran Destino Tower. Over there at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort that's opening in July. So it looks fantastic from what I've seen on uh, different uh, videos and pictures and stuff that we've seen. Let's head over to Disney Springs. If you're headed over to Raglan Road, they have recently welcomed their new Irish executive chef, Mark O'Neill. Now, he previously worked with some of Europe's top chefs and several uh, Michelin star restaurants. In Raglan Road's most recent newsletter, he shared a bit of his vision for the venue. He said, quote, I'd like to really great gastro pub food. I'd like to do great gastro pub food to have our team creating really nicely executed dishes like we have back home in Ireland. We'll be developing fresh made from scratch food that's vibrant to the palate. It's important that we stay in front of the modern Irish food trend. So, if you're going to be headed to Raglan Road, you might be in for something real special. Going to stick around in Disney Springs right now and talk about the Edison. And the Edison is going to be hosting Havana Nights beginning at 7.30 on Wednesdays. And this will be happening on May 29th, June 12th, June 26th, July 10th, 24th. Then August 7th, 21st, on September the 4th and the 18th, and then October 2nd and October the 16th. Now, the no-additional charge nights feature a five-piece band from 8 p.m. to midnight, trading the spotlight with a DJ who is normally there from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., playing Latin renditions of musical styles from instrumentals to pop music as well. Which is real nice. Compl- oh wow, I love this complimentary salsa lessons. Wow, cool. For a minute there, I thought it was chips and salsa, but no. Complimentary salsa dance lessons will be available at any skill level if you want to try them out, and that'll be happening from 7:30 to 11:30 p.m. We're gonna—they we, we, want to do some chips and salsa during your uh, salsa lessons. That would be great. Too. <laughs> also. Uh, Havana-inspired specialty craft cocktails will be available to order uh, during the entire night. Can you tell that I love chips and salsa? It's just one of my favorite things in the whole world. I'll never turn down chips and salsa, no matter how full I am. Put it in front of me, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? This was interesting to see. Uh, Disney PhotoPass team uh, has been looking for new ways to try and take pictures around Walt Disney World. They've even put automatic cameras and replaced PhotoPass cast members with, you know, automated systems. But, uh, yeah, the PhotoPass members themselves are are trying to find new ways, and they have found one. This is interesting. I saw this uh, earlier today, and uh, I've read about it more. But it is a limited-time photo, and it's also a video experience. That is available during daytime hours only. This doesn't happen at night, all right? If you wish to have these taken, uh, you should look for a photo pass photographer in the East Plaza Garden over at the Magic Kingdom. And they can capture two one of a kind photos and a super zoom video from a unique angle above the theme park. So there's a camera up there on Main Street USA and it's looking at the hub, the castle, and everything else. And then it Super zooms down to where you are, and it's a picture of you and your family. And then super zooms all the way back out again. And I kind of went, uh, uh, okay, that it's cool, I guess. It doesn't thrill me. It's an okay photo, but I mean, some people like that. Uh, you can put it, you know, as your Facebook video or something. I don't know. I don't know what you do with it, but they're offering it. Uh, which is kind of cool. Now, these uh, individual photo downloads can be purchased for sixteen ninety five each, but the video can only be downloaded and shared by those with Memory Maker or Memory Maker One Day. The great thing is, the these photos and videos are included with the Memory Maker or Memory Maker One Day entitlement. So, if you have one of those two things, it's included. You don't have to pay that sixteen ninety five. If you don't have it that's what you have to pay in order to get it just to let you know but the fact that it's included with memory maker or memory maker one-day entitlement that's fantastic absolutely love that so I just don't think the video is all that great the pictures are real nice though. let's talk Disney after hours yeah, this this uh, event at Walt Disney World is um, to my surprise has become very very popular really has Because it gives people an opportunity to enjoy the Walt Disney World theme parks. When they say after hours, it's at night. We're not talking 4 o'clock in the morning or anything. Just talking at, you know, evening hours when it's cooler outside. And you get to do your favorite attractions with not so many people, you know, crowds and stuff like that. It's become a big thing. And at the same time, you get complimentary ice cream, popcorn, select beverages. That's included with the cost of admission. It is a separately priced ticket from daytime park admission. And additional food offerings are available in each park for late night snackers. So just in case. So they've added some new dates for this. And again, it makes me worry about, you know, evening extra magic hours going away at Walt Disney World and being replaced by Disney After Hours. This, this is how I feel is the start of it, but I don't know. I could be wrong. But they've added some new, you know, dates for the event. Now, the Magic Kingdom, it's going to be happening on August 22nd and 29th and then September 15th, 12th, 19th and 26th. They're kind of working around Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party here. They're also going to be happening at Disney's Animal Kingdom on July 2nd, 8th, 15th, 22nd, and the 29th. And then we go to August for the Animal Kingdom. August 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. And then September 3rd, 9th, 16th, and the 23rd. So Animal Kingdom's getting those. Then Disney's Hollywood Studios. It'll be happening on July 5th, 12th, 19th, and the 26th. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I have not seen any Disney After Hours events for Epcot. To the best of my knowledge, if I'm wrong, let me know in the Radio Disney Fun Zone or whatever. Send me an email. But I have not seen Disney After Hours events for Epcot. And it makes me wonder why. Who wouldn't want to walk around the World Showcase with minimal crowds late into the evening? And enjoy snacks and beverages and stuff like that. And get to ride sorin as many times as you want. Or get on Test Track as many times as you want. Surprising. But I haven't seen any at Epcot. I could be wrong. The thing is though. If you've never done this before, Disney After Hours event tickets cost one hundred and twenty-five dollars plus tax for advance purchase, and one hundred and twenty-nine dollars for the day-of purchases. It's a lot of money for the short amount of time you get in the pit. It's not a short amount of time. You get in a little bit early, but it's still only forty-five, four to five hours. You know, technically, I guess. Uh, Disney Vacation Club members and annual pass holders uh, you can take advantage of a discounted price at $95 plus tax that's good that's a nice discount makes it more worth it right Uh, tickets for these newly added dates will go on sale May the 30th and so get them while you can because like I said they can be very very popular next thing is a brand new ticket that Disney has announced It's called the brand-new Summer One World Ticket, and it includes six admissions to the four major theme parks, plus the Disney water parks, Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon, for $74 per admission plus tax, a total price of $444. Guests will be able to purchase these special tickets starting on June the 4th. Here's some of the details. Summer One World tickets can only be purchased between June the 4th, 2019 and August 23rd, 2019. You have to do it with an authorized travel professional or through Disney directly. Now, each Summer One World ticket includes six admissions. One One admission to each of the four Walt Disney World theme parks and each of the two water parks there's a little bit of flexibility on how you want to use the tickets including the you know visiting more than one park per day and the tickets have to be used between june the fourth and august the 28th 2019 the summer one world ticket can also be combined with a disney resort hotel stay so what you need to do is head over to the walt disney world website and get all of those little specific details and that stuff called the fine print that Disney loves to put up there to figure out what exactly it is that you can and cannot do when it comes to these tickets. But $74, you know, per ticket. That's really not bad. 6 admissions, $444. That's pretty good. Look into it if you got a, a vacation coming up. Finally, we're going to talk about Disney security for a second. (laughs) This seems to always pop up every now and then. So it seems, according to a website just yesterday, that Disney security is starting to phase out the baskets that they use when it comes to going through a metal detector. Here's what that means. It allows guests to walk through the metal detectors without having to empty their pockets and take off sunglasses and stuff like this. What they have to do... And the, it's common items that I'm... The stuff that I'm talking about here is like um, phones, wallets, keys, stuff like that that may be in your pocket as you go through the metal detectors because if you get chosen, it really starts to congest the line because people are fumbling around trying to get stuff out of their pockets in order to put it into the basket so they can go through the metal detector so what Disney security is having to do is modify or calibrate these machines to only detect certain sizes of metals now the thing is that since you're not emptying your pockets and let's say that the metal detector goes off well guess what You've got to turn right back around and you've got to go through the metal detector once again. But this time you have to empty your pockets. So initially you don't have to do it. You don't have to worry about it. And they say it's because things get a little congested in the area. People are having to wait to do it. And, you know, the crowds are bad enough at security. It's bad enough. But the thing is if you're not having to empty out your pocket and you get you don't get through, you've got to go back around. People are waiting even longer now because you have to empty your pockets to go back through again. Here's my other problem. There are some weapons that are small enough to where if they're making this modification or a different calibration... To the metal detectors, there are some knives and things like that that are small enough that the metal detector may not pick up. I just don't think this is a good idea. To have to wait the extra, I don't know, what, 30, 40 seconds for another person to go through before you can just to ensure that there's nothing in their pockets illegal that they're not supposed to be bringing into Walt Disney World, I think it's worth it because one person, you know, somebody's going to try and test it and put this little bitty pocket knife or who knows what into their pockets trying to bring it into Walt Disney World and the metal detector may not detect it because of the adjustment that they made. I just don't think it's a great idea. They're starting to implement this at security checkpoints at the Contemporary Resort Walkway over at Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Disney's Hollywood Studios. I really just don't think this is a good idea. Leave it the way it is. I mean, Disney has updated their security measures to what they are currently for specific reasons. I get the fact that some people can be very frustrated like I get sometimes. Being selected almost every single time to go through metal detectors. I mean, it's a pain, but it's for a reason. And I kind of just roll my eyes and go, okay, fine, whatever. You know, what upsets me sometimes is they don't give me a chance to close all the zippers on my backpack before going through the metal detectors. I'm like, can you just give me 20 seconds so I can zip up all these zippers so nothing falls out of my bag? They're like, no, sir, please put it up here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Mm." okay, fine. But I don't agree with trying to lessen the security procedure just because of congestion problems by not having people empty their pockets for keys and cell phones and wallets and sunglasses stuff like that if you're smart if you're smart already have that stuff out of your pockets when you get up there if you're not checking a bag at security if Disney security is not checking a bag and you're going through the metal detectors, already have that stuff out. If you have a bag and you're going through security, already have that stuff from your pockets in your bag. That way, if you do have to go through the metal detectors, all you really have to do is put your bag up there on the table, and if you're wearing sunglasses, take those off. Instead of having to, you know, fumble around and try and figure out, well, do I have stuff in these pockets? Because I wear cargo shorts. I've got multiple pockets. So, you know, I'm doing the the front of the leg check, the butt check, you know, checking the back pockets and everything else. Trying to figure out, do I have stuff in my pockets that I don't need that's going to make this thing go off, you know. So I've gotten into the habit because I get selected so many times to go ahead and put that stuff into my backpack so I don't have to worry it and I go through and I move on. I just hate the fact that I can't close my bag before going through there because I don't want things to fall out and lose things. It's just uh, this this modification I'm not a fan of. I'm just not a fan of it because we just recently had a guy try and bring a handgun into Walt Disney World. A 9mm in two clips. Now they were in his backpack. Disney security found it. But who's to say a person doesn't bring a just a little bitty tiny gun? <laughs> you know, a single shotgun. Just They make them small. They make them really small. And you can 3D print these things and everything else. I, I think it's a bad idea. Disney needs to keep people emptying their pockets when going through security. That's just, that's just the way it is. I get the fact people don't like the congestion and having to wait, but it's worth it for your safety. Safety should come first. Safety is paramount. It's email time. It's email time. Hey, everybody, it's email time. <laughs> One email to get to this week for the show. And it brings up it brings up a really good question. Very good question. And I kind of relate to this a lot. This email comes from Garrett Silva. It says, hey, Jeff, first of all, I want to say how much I love DW60. It's a great way to start a Friday. While listening to your show last Friday, I have some concerns about the new Skyliners as someone who has a heat intolerance. My first main concern is if the riders have control over the vent. I could see somebody being cold or not wanting the wind on them, closing it, and then, like you pointed out, the the cabin becoming an oven. Yeah, I think it probably would be. I think it would be in Disney's best interest to have it remotely controlled. As most of us who've been to Disney in the summer know, that people don't always smell the best all of the time. The last thing anyone wants is to be trapped in a, quote, ventilated cabin (laughs) with someone who doesn't smell the freshest. (laughs) I think eventually Disney will install air conditioning in the Skyliners. My last few concerns are regarding Florida's weather. As we all know, in the summer, Florida weather can be highly unpredictable. What happens if you're in the air and all of a sudden here comes lightning or high winds? I'm wondering what steps Disney has in place for this. Love to hear your thoughts and congratulations on your engagement to Nicole. Thanks, Garrett Silva. Garrett, thank you so much for your email. I appreciate that. I hear your concerns, and I totally agree with you. When we talk about these vents that are on the Skyliners, the gondolas themselves, my best guess is that you are going to manually be able to open and close these vents. That's what I'm hoping. Because if not, it's like you said in your email. Like I said last week, these things will become an oven. If it gets too hot for you. Because I am very hot in nature. Anything over 70 degrees and I'm sweating. And where I live is not a good thing. You know, South Mississippi is bad for its humidity. So even when it's 74 degrees, the humidity sets in and I'm just dying. I try, that's why I try and stay away from Walt Disney World during the summer. Because it's just too much for me. I like it cold. I like it cold. So not having any ventilation, you know, control inside this cabin may not be very well for me because if it's too hot for me, I'm going to suffer all the way until I'm able to get out. And the door opens and you're like, (gasps) (sighs) fresh air. Thank goodness. So I'm guessing maybe there's some type of a knob on the inside of the gondola that opens and closes these vents. Or a button that you push that will open and close the vents. But I've seen the vents at different angles when they're open. So maybe it's just something that you turn to open them up. That's what I'm hoping. Do I think Disney is going to be installing air conditionings into the the Skyliners? No, I don't. I, I, I don't think that these Skyliners are probably built for that. They're specifically built for the type of what Disney is looking for, so I would not. Don't hold your breath on that one. Okay. Now, as far as the weather goes at Walt Disney World in Florida, uh, springtime, summertime, in the fall, you know, just all around in general, Florida weather very unpredictable. Yeah, you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen ten minutes from the moment you're there. I mean, storms pop up. Um, in the event of a major thunderstorm and lightning and stuff like that, I think Disney is going to be monitoring these weather conditions very closely and if there is a major storm coming up and it's within so many miles of Walt Disney World I think at a certain point they will stop boarding people onto the Skyliners and they will wait for all the rest of the people who are currently on in the cars to get off and they will shut down The Skyliner system, and it will not run until that weather has passed. Like I said, I think they're going to monitor the the weather very closely to avoid situations like lightning, high winds, and stuff like that. Because you're absolutely right, Florida weather very unpredictable. The other thing that really concerns me, though, is in case there is some type of a breakdown. Disney does have procedures in place to deal with this type of things, uh, to get you out of the gondola cars. The part that really concerns me, and this is something that I read last week, and I think I mentioned it. I can't remember. Uh, Reedy Creek Fire Department is very concerned right now because, you know, Walt Disney World continues to expand. It continues to get bigger and bigger. But from what a firefighter has said from Reedy Creek is the fact that they have not hired any more firefighters, first responders, to accommodate the expansion that's going on at Walt Disney World. So they're running very thin. They asked for like 14 more positions to be available for firefighters. And from what this guy said on the news website that I read... He said that Disney denied them that and only gave them two admin positions, two administrators. Yeah, we don't need it. administrators. We need 14 more firefighters to respond to these, you know, things that happen. Because you're getting bigger, but you're not giving us more firefighters. So Disney needs to change that. That concerns me with the gondolas. I think I mentioned it last week. I cannot remember. But, you know, Garrett, I hope that answers your question. When it comes to the Skyliner, I do think there's going to be, you know, some type of a manual knob on the inside of the car, you know, to open and close those vents. I'm hoping. Otherwise, don't get hot. It's going to get hot. You have a question, a concern, um, anything else that you want to ask, uh, feel free to do so. Send me an email. Send your email to dw60 at srsounds.com. That's email time and also your headlines from the Walt Disney World Resort's. Here on Press Row. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. Sorcerer Radio, SRSounds.com Howdy, partners. Did you hear that the folks over at Expedition Roasters have hit gold? Gold Rush churro flavor, that is, in Prospector's Roast. It's Expedition Roaster's latest specialty coffee release. This creation arose when the Prospector's churros were left on the mountain blasting sack. Next thing you know, there's a big thunder blast, and it's raining churro dust into the campfire coffee. Eureka! A churro snack and a coffee roast. Now brew up a cup and hold on, because this here's the wildest coffee in the wilderness. And don't forget to check out their huge selection of pop culture-themed coffees, teas, and gear. Sorcerer Radio listeners, be sure to use code MAGIC15 for 15% off an order with us. That's MAGIC15 at ExpeditionRoasters.com. Brew your happy place. There's nothing quite like the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It's the place where dreams come true. Moments last a lifetime, and enchantment is around every corner. The world tells you to grow up. Here, you never have to walt disney world resort that's the power of magic to book your magical walt disney world vacation call storybook destinations at 1-844-TO-STORY or visit storybookdestinations.com do you have a disney related business or product and would like help getting the word out become a sponsor of social radio today for more information please contact our business office via email at sponsors at srsounds.com That's good. Young one. <laughs> you think Calypso music is hot? You wait till you taste the pepper on this one. Ico, Ico brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Now, if you need to get in contact with me, send me an email. Send it to DW60 at SRSounds.com. You can contact me on Twitter at DW underscore 60. You can send a message to the DW60 Press Row Facebook page, or you can contact me in the SORcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone. You want to hear DW60 in its entirety? Listen every single Friday morning, eight a.m. Eastern Time, with a replay at seven p.m. Eastern over at SRSounds.com. This is Jeff Davis, DW60's Press Row Podcasts. Have a magical day. No, my book was in You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.